well, welcome to the first podcast of Finding Home. Good Hello. morning, good morning everybody. It's <laughs> the evening. Good morrow. Good morrow. How are you today? What time is it actually? It's about nine. nine. Oh my nine. god, it's Mountain time. We just chill. Mountain Standard Time, hell yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, my name's Diego. Nice to meet you guys. My name's Nick. Nice to meet you. Hey, my name's Seth Gorman. My name's Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Finding Home. Cool. So. Oh, it's nice to meet you guys. You know us. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Silly fucking dude. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, cool. So I guess we should just open up the floor. Yeah. So what is Finding Home to you guys? Well. Here, I guess I'll go first. Uh, finding home to me, so thinking about when I wanted to do this podcast, when I wanted to do it with you guys, I realized we just had some very, we have very intricate and seemingly deep conversations. I mean, for whatever our capacity is, we do, we have very deep conversations. And I just thought our conversations would be better if shared because I feel like we've done a lot to help heal one another and the ways that we speak to each other and the, the way the things and short adventures that we've been through and the times that we've known each other and I just thought you know if we could only share these conversations with the world and with other people like it it would make others feel not so alone who might be alone right now in this time of the world and just realize that like we're all kind of struggling through this and we're all trying to figure ourselves out the best way that we can I think it's partly growing up it's partly the situation the world's in and um you know, I none of us do anything extremely extraordinary. We aren't doctors. We don't have PhDs. We're just average people. And, you know, I consider myself an average person, just doing my thing, working a job. I'm not any different than anybody else, but I think it's good to share yourself with people. Yeah. I also think part of that is, you know, acknowledging that we all come from very intricate, detailed backgrounds that are all very different from each other. Right. But just in our short lives so far we have a lot of similarities but we also have a lot of differences so we choose our path and you know despite whatever background or upbringing you have you can manage to get where you want to go and I think that's part of finding home to me is understanding that anyone who you know wants to find home here with us can realize that they have similarities to each of us in different ways and realize that they can you know manage to achieve their goals the way that we have or choose to do it the opposite way whatever they feel like best helps them and to whoever's listening like we're looking forward to you help us learn too like that's why we want to have involvement we want you to you know comment on these videos say something to us send us some send us an email tell us about your story tell us about something that you think we should talk about that you want to talk about with us and We'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. We're always trying to learn and grow. Yeah, agreed. So, kind of just piggybacking off both of you guys, really. Um, For me, finding home was more so everybody grows up um, almost like a blank slate. They don't know where to go, if they're doing something right, if they're doing something wrong. Um, And people really fall into, you know, the category of music really often. And it's something that brings them joy in certain times. Uh, they connect with artists that feel the same way and it just makes them feel not as alone Mm -hmm. and so basically using this as a way to how you guys said um, 
connect with each one of us differently and truly see different perspectives and different ideas on the same topic, different topics, and find somewhere where not only is your opinion valid, mm -hmm. but always open to be expressed and finding somewhere where you feel comfortable enough to really call your home because yeah. a house isn't you know a house is a house but a home is completely different yeah. a home is home is an idea mm -hmm. home is somewhere like well i know there's the saying the home is where your heart is but it's really at that space that gives you the most how do i put it mental mental clarity like when you're there yeah. you kind of feel whole yeah. um when you're at that place you call home you feel pretty put together like everything sort of makes more sense that that there's a connection to you that's been missing that you're actually back to and no wonder people always want to stay home like it's a good place to be to, to leave home is a challenge to leave home is it's a part it's a part of every hero's journey like you gotta you have to get up and you have to leave home and you have to go out into the world and you have to choose to do something um, but it's chaotic man it's crazy out there finding a place to come back to is always right knowing you have a place to come back to yeah and when you told me the title of this at first I really liked it because our whole lives find we're kind of finding home in a sense I don't think we're ever found I think it's a continuous journey mm -hmm. that we have until we pass away or we go to another place reincarnated and we're, we can't do it alone that's a big reason I like this podcast too because like you said there's gonna we want people to fill their comments and we want to experience life with them because I don't personally like experience it experiencing it alone yeah. I lived alone for like six months and it was different I didn't completely enjoy it I did it first but for me finding home is just giving others guidance and receiving yeah. guidance to continue like a beautiful life and I think something something that's important is that like all of us four we are all very like therapy and healing focused people we're 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 always learning however we can get therapy for ourselves or to help heal different parts of the world in whatever ways that we can like I think we're all healers at heart and it's what we really want and so, and I think in order to become a better healer, you also have to be a good learner. Like you have to hear what other people have to say. Um, you have to allow them to do your work and you have to be open. You gotta be vulnerable. You gotta be able to share yourself in a way that you're not afraid of whatever opinions come your way. Um, because the community that we're trying to build is one that we can try to be open in. And I think that's a big thing, especially for all four of us. Something, like I said, a similarity is being open-minded. Because right. I know personally growing up, I was very, close-minded very firm in my beliefs I always thought I was right mm -hmm. um, and through this whole growing process just realizing having an open mind not only opens you to learning more things but you open yourself to building new relationships with other people right you know you learn from them they learn from you and it's okay to admit that you were wrong it's okay to admit after hearing from other perspectives mm -hmm. you're right like this this is something that I should have kept myself open to so I think that's also a big part of finding home is because when you're open-minded and you let yourself accept all these different perspectives realities possibilities you mm -hmm. allow yourself to figure out what who you really are what but, your real home but is. that journey is utterly fucking confusing it's ultimately at the end all about perspective it's just all how you choose to see a situation you can see the same coin and choose to see heads or tails of it however you guys yeah. um you know ultimately want to at the end of the day 
and that either defines how you how you were raised or who you choose to be. Yeah. Um, and you can either let the past dictate what how you believe, or you can choose to kind of see yeah. a whole you know different future than the one you tr- than you have right now. And so. one thing I've learned that's so interesting that is that like as you meet people in the world, you realize that maturity and age aren't exactly a linear sort of parallel sequence. Like very different. Some people mature very early in their lives. Some people mature very late in their lives. And some people are forced to because they have to. Yep. You know, and most of the time when we mature, it's because of something we didn't ask for. Um, but it's also maturity in different, in different ways. Because you can, course, be, yes. you can be, you know, mature when it comes to having common sense, uh-huh. but completely immature when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. And... Vice yeah. versa. There, there are so many different levels of maturity that you can't even it can't even be comparable to age, because no matter what age you are, you might be incredibly mature in one aspect of your life and mm. incredibly immature in another aspect. Hell, I've seen fifty year old, sixty year old people yelling at a kid for doing something wrong, and it's <laughs> like, dude, this guy's a kid. Um, and then I've seen kids talk to each other and love each other like their family, and they don't even know them, like know other these other kids. So that's a good topic. How is what is family? Is family chosen? Um, I think family is deaf. There's so what's the saying? Um, the blood of the covenant. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fam. The family you choose is stronger than the family you were raised, like born into. Um, yeah, same thing. Like this is the family that you were almost given. It's like the literally the hand of cards that you were dealt with at the beginning of the game. Right. But as you play the game, you learn that you didn't have to deal with the same hand that you were always dealt with, right. and you've actually learned how to change your yeah. change your hand or change your circumstances um, and choose same thing the people that you want to be with. Right. Why are you gonna great example um, like when you're working under somebody else? Why are you gonna work for someone that looks like they hate their lives and work towards being this person's you know right hand man? And just <laughs> falling under that same trap that this other person has um, is already in. Whereas you can be or surrounded by yourself by people that love to be where they are and appreciate where they are, um, and they will teach you how to be appreciative of where right. you are. So. And, and I feel like the bond between the family you choose is, is thicker only because the family you're born into, you're almost naturally expected to constantly have that unconditional love for them no matter what they do whereas the family you choose your friends you know other loved ones you're not expected to have that unconditional love but you form it anyway so forming it from something not expected is so much greater than you know already having that because mm-hmm. it was expected mm-hmm. of you yeah. I would say I agree and disagree because okay. it's different for everyone yeah some people have per- like in their minds perfect childhoods Mm -hmm. some people don't and they're like the the bond I have with others is so much stronger because I had I had it shitty growing up yeah and I felt like that sometimes when I was growing up and I felt like that sometimes when and I felt like it was perfect at times but I realized it's just like a balance for me there's certain things I can get out of my chosen family that I can't get out of like the one that was given to me but I still love the one that was given to me Mm -hmm. personally I think everyone should strive to do both yeah, because like there's things you can gain from family, but there's really things you can't gain from family. The thing is, when, when you say the term family is everything, family is everything when it comes to defining yourself. Because 
I think we're starting to understand the power of genetics as a as a humanity. We're starting to understand the power of genetics, and we realize that. Um, and this is something that I learned the other day that was very powerful for me is that certain traumas in your family is passed down genetically, even if it didn't directly happen to you. Yep. So, like, if your grand great grandfather was an, a very abusive alcoholic, that's still in your blood. And those there's there's the farther out you get, I think the better it is. But there's still tendencies. You have these innate tendencies for certain things based on your family history. So I think like if you ever feel like you need to just disband your family, but most people don't disband their family. Most I, I think most people get abandoned first and then they disband their family. Or they feel abandoned first and then they disband their family. But I think it's best to do the best you can to understand where you come from and try to understand your family. And I understand that there's people out there who don't have any idea who their real family is. And like, that's just that's just a different experience of life. And I think there are strengths, like even though it sounds terrible, like I think there are strengths to every perspective and every way of being but there's also weaknesses there's also things that you miss out on yeah. and I think that that troubles us as people sometimes because we want to be able to experience everything mm-hmm. but we're on the path we're given and we just gotta walk that and, yeah. but we get so stressed out about walking everybody else's too but yeah. with this like fear of missing out great example um, me growing up I had a very um, I wouldn't say abusive but aggressive father um, so he would always yell at my mom and me taking that more personally than I probably should have. Yeah. Um, I yelled at him and it was just back and forth two hotheads, this grown man and this like, you know, little kid just yelling at each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me a very, um, quick to, quick to the punch, very temper, like temperamental kid. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like it. I, I was fighting almost like what how exactly how you say like what my dna had been inscribed to me yeah it's like an um, inner it's like an inner rage yeah it's inner a, yeah. fire it's like but i got it too yeah, i yeah. feel you me choosing to kind of change my um oh my god i always forget this word but basically just change um my preconceived preconceived thoughts notions. Preconceived you, notions you have to change your conscious filter yeah to to not to notice like you gotta set off this little like piece in your frontal cortex that's like a little red warning sec- signal whenever like this anger sort of comes up right. you're just like you need to be like okay you're getting mad like why are you getting mad just be conscious is, yeah is this something that you should consciously be angry at yeah. or is this just your internal rage coming up because you're stressed out and it's just a response yeah like I tr- or it's it's a reaction not a yeah. response it's like like I try to be think of it so it can't be a response. It's right. A, it's an immediate. We want to yeah, work reaction. to be more responsive than we are reactive. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Hundred percent. You Snapchat <laughs> over there? Yeah, not even any. And butterflies uh, to my face for the story. Well, when, it, when it comes to like genetically passed on traits, I mean, yeah. I look back and I look at myself growing up with both of my parents. Mm-hmm seeing the things that they would do and looking back at the thoughts of just viewing them and thinking myself like that's stupid mm-hmm. why would you do that this is the result and mm-hmm. it continuously happens right. and like I see myself when I'm older mm-hmm. and the other side of it and I don't carry all of those on but sometimes I look back and I'll reflect on my day and I'll be like for an hour I kind of did this habit that my dad has mm-hmm. that's negative or I did this mm-hmm. habit that my mom has that's negative and I shouldn't work on yeah. I should work on that instead of accepting that because like our neural pathways are 
literally we already have habits before we come out of our parents because of the people we're we're literally by. half of both of them yeah <laughs> so we already work like when we can't even talk our daily like mind how we go about things is similar yeah. to theirs when they were babies so crazy i literally look like both my parents like smashed together yeah. And it's like right on. Isn't it funny? As above, so below. Yeah. Like how it all works oh together. Smashing. Just <laughs> smash. And then all of a sudden. 50 you, 50. You, like like you look 50 like a smash, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you look like an even 50 50 split. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, our first injury on the show. <laughs> this happens, episode one. happens within the first Zero two days. Zero days without incident. Zero days. Yeah, we, should, <laughs> we should put a fucking sign on the board up there. So, like, like when zero it comes days. to your parents. Yeah, and your emotion and your and your emotional intelligence in each of you. Mm. I know you were kind of saying the anger, how you yeah. had to work on that side of emotional intelligence. But what what about you guys? What did mm. what characteristics did you take from your parents that were negative that you had for so many years that it was like stuck in your neural pathways that oh. you had to change? Yeah. Easy. I'm still I still haven't even changed it yet. I'm still acknowledging that this is something I have to work on. But it's the it's the being I don't want to say overprotective, but over worrying. Like, anyone I care about, and that might also be from, you know, past trauma and, you know, losing people and stuff, but anytime, you know, a loved one or someone I care about, I know they're out, and I hear ambulance, an ambulance siren go by, I freak out. Mm -hmm. I literally will always check, be like, where's this person at? Like, are they okay? I do that all the time. And it's this constant over-worrying that will drive you insane. Mm -hmm. Because you're not, then you're not being conscious. You're just constantly scared, and you're not living your life. So I think... That's the biggest thing I took from them that I'm really, really trying to yeah. abandon. Not not completely, because it's great to care about people. It's great to, you know, want them to be safe, but obviously not to the point where it takes over your life. The thing with worrying and anxiety is you're not living in the present. So you are yeah. choosing to let your mind roam all these possible futurist, like future experiences that have yet to happen. Um and it's always they're always negative or at least 99 percent of the time negative because if you're worrying it's because you f- you fear the outcome yeah and and you're giving energy yeah to it. and you're just giving energy yeah. and you're, you're fueling this thought you're fueling this idea and it's just back and forth of you feel this idea it makes you feel worse you feeling worse fuels this idea even further and it's just this like endless cycle this huge idiocy self-fulfilling idiocy of you feel like craps, you make everything around you, like, you see, that's how you choose to see everything around you, and then it makes you feel like more crap, and then, it's just, mm-hmm. like I said, this just endless cycle that you have to learn how to put a pause to. It's very easy to trip over to. our own feet, mm-hmm. and that's, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was, that was just kind of making a comment, go ahead. That's why you see most people who have anxiety, they have depression, because yeah. they, you do anything for 21 to 30 days straight, depending on your personality type you are, Change you your fall habits. into that. Yeah. So well, the like, thing about, the, I, I hate the word, I hate the term anxiety, because, like, we all have anxiety. Anxiety yeah. is the reason that we exist. Like, we wouldn't have survived this long as human beings had we not had anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is built in as a survival mechanism, mm-hmm. but it's just when that survival mechanism is always turned on, and it usually comes from some um, form of trauma that you face. So, like, it's if, you, if, you were in a chi- if you were a child and, like, you felt like you were constantly in fight mode, or fear mode or defense mode like your anxiety is going to be tied to that specific emotion mm. and so like whenever those sort of triggers come up you're going to get those things mm. but the world yeah. exists full of those things and so like you have to really find a way to dig deep into that trauma and understand what happened so that you can consciously sort of pull yourself out of that cycle pull it, 
design de- like or define anxiety because well, because there's obviously the dictionary definition but like it's obviously it's a sense of heightened awareness it means something different to everybody you it's know what I mean to a certain extent the general term it was probably the dictionary term for it but is a it is a negative association with anticipation because what you were saying is we all have anxiety right right the, the reason that's like a a big like you see you see people saying that a lot it's like we all have anxiety is because we all anticipate life anxiety is anti- a negative part of anticipation when we wake up we first we understand how we feel we're like I'm tired I'm not tired I'm energized and then we anticipate what we're about to do with the, our day whether it's a lot or not and how that manifests is either positive and we keep anticipating it and we get to it pretty frequently or we don't we meander around it we do anything to um, we have like all these preparation steps you notice people with anxiety have a like everyone has their thing in the morning like a smoothie or a coffee and biscuit but people with anxiety I'm just I'm speaking from experience I, I had it for a long time growing up because I acquired it when my father was sick and I would have to come home and I would be very anxious to come home because I was anticipating negatively what could happen like what new experience am I gonna visualize today because at that point in my life I was seeing and understanding a lot of new things in, in like the adult world about right. how people communicate in a very nasty way yeah. or like how pills can affect someone in a nasty way right. things like that of that realm and I would freak out on the way home I'd be shaking hmm. like I'd be like so nervous because we had a nanny who took me home and I had to realize that when I was in therapy so like I kind of believe what you're saying too is that anxiety is formed it's not like but people, but the thing is with anxiety, some people treat it like, oh, it's just a thing, like, people have, but for some people, it can be crippling. Yeah. It can literally be crippling to the point where you are so, you can't even breathe. Mm-hmm. I and think, sorry, um, I think a big thing with an anxiety is you seem to be the only person doing bad when you have it. You seem to be the only person freaking out because you're so in your own head that you don't even realize that somebody else could is going through the same thing. Yeah. Um, everybody looks so happy compared to you that you think you're almost doing something wrong. And that's why it's so important to work on and emphasize the idea of self-love. Mm-hmm. When it comes to my parents, like you were asking earlier, the, the one thing I didn't feel I gained from my parents in my early life was self, like how to love oneself. Like, cause I, and I love both of my parents dearly. And I think they've done the best they could with their lives. Like, I, my mom had me when she was 20 years old. I mean, I know who I was when I was 20 years old. I'm like, I can't imagine. And it's just, they, she had to grow up so fast, but she was still a kid. And, you know, they were doing the best they could. But, like, I, I don't, I think they had a lot of regrets and they made a lot of mistakes in their young life. And I think they still hold that against themselves sometimes. And I think they're both getting better at learning to love themselves. But it also made me realize, you know, most recently in my life just like how much um self-love do you actually do you know because people talk about um working out as self-love or doing something like that but i i felt like for the longest time i did it to myself as some form of, of punishment like i sort of enjoyed that pain of working out but i called it and i just i masked that with the word discipline and i had to learn the difference between discipline and punishment for myself because i was constantly punishing myself and calling it discipline but didn't know the difference and so um, being able to separate those is just one layer of the deeper layers I've gone into just to learn mm-hmm. how to love myself better. And it's not like because it's not because I hate myself. It's just no one ever taught me what it meant to love myself. Mm-hmm. And that's a fundamental skill that people should have 
that would lower your depression, it lowers your anxiety, it, it helps you sort of give yourself some reason and give yourself some value so you don't live life so comparatively to other mm -hmm. people that you learn to enjoy this beautiful experience that you're a part of uh, and accepting yourself, yeah. so, yeah. No, that, no, uh, I was just gonna say, in just going off of exactly how you said, like I never learned how to you know, do this almost basic human necessity and we can get into the education system later because that is a whole other conversation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we got a topic for oh, that. Oh, geez. Dude, an online school? Oh, don't even get me started. But so, taking, uh, especially just growing up, especially right now, um, what people value and what people choose to teach their kids. Mm -hmm. I've seen some parents, they'll teach their kids to play an instrument to enjoy like the beauty of music. Right. And I've seen parents teach their kids to play instruments because they were musicians and you have to play this instrument. Like mm -hmm. you have to be musically talented. You are a child. Like forcing this upon them. Yeah. Um, and they're doing the same thing, but it's not so much the action, but it's the energy behind it. Mm -hmm. So wanting to raise your kid properly, I feel like regardless of your situation, it always just comes down to like how you said, trying your best mm -hmm. and knowing that everything you did was to help them. If that's how you can truly answer um, a lot of you know life's questions, mm -hmm. like I did my best and I gave everything everything I had, regardless of you know if you're lying, you're gonna know yourself. Yeah, right off the bat, you don't have to. That's not something you can lie to yourself to. But taking that and using it as a lesson to, if you don't like the outcome, try you know try a little bit more mm -hmm. um, but it's always about just being content and like I said if you truly believe that you tried your hardest you have to be content with your with your prize because that is with your outcome yeah with your outcome it's the energy you put in is the energy that you got out right that's something that messes a lot of people up I feel like everyone's been in that situation where they do give their all but they didn't learn that self-love to understand when they gave their all because People are raised, like, I think there's a certain amount you're supposed to push someone and emphasize something they're supposed to focus on when they're a child. Mm -hmm. Like, not to bring the school system up, but, like, it's a, a quick example. Like, you have, to, you have to do good at school. It's so important. Mm -hmm. It's so fucking important. That's, like, you see that when you, like, visit people's houses growing up. You remember mm -hmm. their parents yelling at them, like, but there's no logic presented to kids when they're young. Yeah. And people don't do it because, like, they're kids. They won't understand it. And they're not going to understand anything at first. So you might as well present them reason with everything. Because, mm -hmm. like, I... Well, that well, kids are very logical. Like, But we don't treat them like... We, we don't treat are. them as their logical creatures. We treat them as someone who's out of control. But, like, it's... They're out of control because they don't know the groundwork. Because they haven't had the repetition of life to learn certain things. And they're constantly just asking these questions on how do I move forward. Like... It's like reading the manual of life. Like they're just trying to read the manual the best they can while this is all coming upon them. And it's just like the earlier you can do that for a child and like the better it can be, but like you can't force that upon them. It's how they naturally have yeah. to grow into it. And you just kinda have to ride their wave. Like yeah. that's kinda that's sort of what parenting is. Parenting not that I'm a parent, like but I've I've been around parents, I have parents, like I dated a parent once, like mm -hmm. so it's like riding this wave with this kid and like it's why when you become a parent you become different because mm -hmm. you're not only just riding your wave anymore you're riding you realize there's someone else on your surfboard and you're just like you got to keep them on your surfboard because mm -hmm. that's you, the whole at point. that point you know how to surf they don't know 
Yeah, they don't know how to surf. So they're on your back, and you're just like, all right, this is how it's done. Until and, they can do it themselves. Right, and then but then the world has to teach them too, and I think that's what a, that's what the importance of a very good community does is that if everybody's sort of in the same frequency and it's just like, hey, like this is how how I think, how I think, like it doesn't have to all be the same. But if everybody's sort of on the same general wave, like a community can raise a kid, and they say it takes a village to raise a kid, and it really does because. Mm-hmm. The parent has to live their life too. The parent has to live their life too, or else they get depressed and they get sad and they get they have resentment and then they start to resent the child. And it's not the child's fault that they have to constantly take care of them because they don't have a family or a community around them mm-hmm. to take care of them. So, like, you know, kudos to all the single parents out there, and kudos to all the people who chose to keep their child and do that. Not that I have, not that I'm either way. Like, choose to keep it, do what you want with your body. I have nothing against abortion, mm-hmm. but like. If you choose to keep a child and you do your best to take care of that child, like, I have the most respect for you, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, because that is a, it's a, it is a sacrifice. Like, you can't say it's not. It is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Women sacrifice their body to have a child, and it, it, it generally, I think, I think I read this somewhere, but quote me if I'm wrong, but, like, having a child shortens a woman's lifespan, um, because it's a very traumatic event on the body, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like you know, it's a hard world, and it's just, and, and it's so weird. I've I've talked to, uh, you know, a bunch of women, and they're sort of back and forth. It's like even women that don't necessarily want to be mothers want the experience of childbirth. It's a very interesting sort of mindset that I've met uh, with certain women. It's just it, it's an interesting way of thinking. Like it's something I'll never know. Mm-hmm. I can never birth a child. Yeah. Like I don't care what yeah. you do, Elon Musk. I'm not gonna push a baby out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Soon. Yeah. Thanks. We have men that can make babies. Fuck. We can <laughs> have the eggs. Apparently, women are um, able to be self-reproductive now. Yeah. They can. They can turn. Is it like? It's called eggs? sperm bank. They've been able to no, do it for no, a long no, time. No, 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 no. Like, no, no, no. With their it's own, almost like a clone. Their, is it from their bone marrow? I or think something? so. Something yeah. has their like DNA that yeah, they can. But DNA they can only make women, right? Yeah, they can only make women. I think yeah, they can only make clones. So men. Bye. We give you the X's, it was baby. Nice to know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at that point, like the human race could exist without us, and we wouldn't, you know, we're chilling. They'd fall apart. Yeah. Uh, it, at first, it'd fall apart. At first, I don't know about it would then be rebuilt. No, because, because they'd get tired are, of each you, other. They'd be like, you "You're a, a bitch." Yeah. You are in a male-dominated society, yeah. so eventually, you would actually crush everything down and rebuild it how it would work for you guys. Like, look, look. I how about? Th- I don't think it would stay the same. At all. How okay, let's let's play this, this hypothetical. Is random, what if all of us dudes agreed just for a week we just let women women take over the world. We just let them and then we see what happens. We see what happens and after the week they got to give it back. <laughs> How much you bet they won't give it back? I feel like I feel like I feel <laughs> like you're at a pretty equal kind of standing point though. I mean like same thing like um you know what I'm trying to say is women are just as guilty as men of, of everything. Like, yeah, they do yeah, fucked up. We all do fucked up shit. Yeah. Everyone is equally capable and responsible of making their own mistakes, being their own shitty right. people. Like, it doesn't matter what gender you are. Yeah. Every, every, what is the word? Every demographic has, every, its, every has, its, has its positives, negatives. Yeah. Every way, every belief system has flaws. I don't. I don't see that. The thing is, I don't view them as flaws or positives or negatives. I just think it's it's differences. So something like we might not like it. It's just something that they were raised upon, grew upon. Right. Um, 
turn off the little gun. Well, the screen just turned off because it's not free. Oh, okay. Oh, it is still going. There you go. Still running. Look at that. Look at technology go. Um, we're still alive. Still alive. Yeah, we went, we went off on a, when a it comes beautiful tangent there. When it, <laughs> I was going to say, when it comes to finding home, though, what you were, where you were on, the example you used about the surfboard, yeah. about how, like, you have to let your, you kind of have to ride the wave with your kid and let him stand on, him or her stand on the board with you, mm-hmm. because they're, they'll still kind of be on the board with you, but emotionally, you'll be above the water, and the board kind of, like, creates this weird angle, and it extends, and it's drowning the kid, because mm-hmm. he's filled with extracurricular activities that he didn't sign up for. You wanted to be a football player, but you got, like, your knee injured. He wants to be in band, but you're making him do football, like, seven days a week he's under the water and that's the problem with our community we're like parents don't mean to but we drowned our kids of like oh this is what you need to be as a person instead of like times are changing let's mm-hmm. let them be who they yeah, let, be. let them kind of figure it out because they're at the front lines of all this well, and, except for economic wise and that issue like, i think like, stems from us being warriors though because I, we didn't always choose what we wanted to do and now our world's changing when we were very primitive and animalistic creatures men would just they had to be warriors and they had to fight to get food. We are still primitive and animalistic creatures. It's just there was a few golden eggs that sort of popped out here and there and came up with some really good inventions that advanced us far beyond what our evolution was ever ready for. And I think we're, we're slowly starting to understand, like we're starting to adapt to the way technology has been given to us. But like the thing about technology is it's technology is its own form of life. Like it's ever improving itself. That's a whole other conversation too with technology. Yeah, like, and it just and just to reel that back, it's just like we can improve only so much, but it's like we improve because of technology. Mm-hmm. Yet we'll never improve ourselves beyond technology because, like, I don't know, it's well, weird. I don't know. Back to what you were saying though about kids, like we're at the we're at the point where it's like let them figure out what they want to do. I agree to a certain extent because. When you're young, when you're a baby, baby, like you need parenting to an extent. You, I personally feel like I would want to raise my kid like to learn, you know, mm. honesty, you know, um, having manners, being polite, like all right. that stuff. Like I'd want to steer them in the right direction that way. Like mm. I'm not telling them what to be, but I'm telling them in a sense, you know, what I believe is right or wrong. They don't have to go through with it. If they don't, if you know they grow up and they don't agree with with whatever I've kind of given them my views, if they don't agree, they have every right to decide whatever path they want to take. But I feel like growing up, they at least need some structure. So Everybody like, needs like, structure growing need, up. Like, like you need that certain extent of telling yeah. them this is what I think is right and wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, once they're old enough and they're starting to decide what what path they want to be on, they can do whatever they want. It's all about creating a generation that is greater if if at least equal to the current generation so what it is is you're supposed to learn enough about life to then teach your kid at least a couple of tips and tricks and you're basically great video game reference you're just a little bubble in the, in the top right corner telling the player to do this mm-hmm. it's like hey this you know it's like a little suggestion box yeah um even more of a better of a reference the video games that don't let you control your player, it's almost like forces you, it's like click, they do. They have to do an action, yeah. so you can learn what whatever this is, click it again, they do something else, it's just conversation for the, uh, like, mm-hmm. almost like the first hour of the game before you even get into 
really start making your own choices and movements. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever played a game like that, um, but what games are like that? Yeah. <sighs> that you've played. Um, it's almost, it's a lot of just like kind of games in terms of, great example. Um, everybody's just played Call of Duty, I assume, before. Almost every Call of Duty campaign, you follow a story. Right. You can only move in that story's line. Right. You can't. It's not an open world. It's not an open world. Um, so many games, until they become open world, it's, you have to do this, you have to do this, like, um, it's a structured mission. Yeah, exactly. It's like so. you get to make your own decisions, but like to it to an extent, they're like we'll only let you make some little decisions. Yeah, or like you well, do ultimately there's even what more games where it's just the beginning of the game is mostly a tutorial. This is completely off tangent, but most of the games are like on a tutorial base right in the beginning. So it's almost te- it's teaching you how to play, but it's not letting you be like, hey, go do this. Yeah. Your character does it itself. Well, thinking of Call of Duty real quick, you're just thinking you thinking about the limitations of of that story structure. You're not in control. You're playing out somebody else's yeah, story. Somebody else's story. But it's weird cuz like you're telling someone else's story. Yeah. And just it's like you're in their perspective. Yeah. But it's just they, like who's really telling who whose story, you exactly. know what I mean? But it's telling like, you like you have to make these decisions. Yeah. Um and like to win the game right um but then same thing like games like that like where you're not actually ever playing telltale games have you guys ever played any game from telltale game no. i don't think so it's essentially it's a storytelling game company mm-hmm. where you basically can only do um i played adventure quest as a kid it was kind of like that it was like a 2d and you like had like the dialogue actually. and shit okay yeah so just very simple like you have to do this to complete the game kind of games um, is how a lot of pa- parents are now becoming the guides to like you know the players the like the present people mm-hmm. um, like the kids and everything like that that's how they're becoming the guides versus letting the kid to basically essentially free roam discover everything on himself by himself and when he discovers something it's like hey this is what this is and kind of help along the way instead of telling them how to play what if so okay so perfect like to go off of that then Minecraft. Uh-huh. I was thrown into just a game. Yeah. I was not taught how to play. It was uh-huh. just do it. Okay. I had no idea what I was doing. Did I enjoy it? No. Yeah. At first, no. Because yeah. I was like, I have no idea how to do this. Yeah. I have no idea how to do this game, where I'm going, what my goal or an objective, like, what my goals and objectives are. But as soon as you said, okay, we're going to defeat the dragon, I at least have a... <laughs> I at least have like a basic outline of what my goal is, okay. but then obviously as I'm going through and picking up the game and learning things here and there, mm-hmm. I can decide. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to defeat the dragon. Yeah. I want to go do this. Yeah. But it, it needed that at least that initial outline yeah, of exactly. where I'm going. Like no, I that initial. You. I don't even know. Yeah, hundred percent. And the thing is, regardless, every parent and child relationship has that because at one point the child cannot do anything without the parent exactly. so at one point the, the, you are essentially following the parent around learning how to play the game right. and then you can start playing the it's game it's monkey see monkey do yeah, exactly. <laughs> but many, many parents yeah. are more of like a you are my sidekick so they are 
Um, like if the kid is now able to make his own decisions, hey, I want this. No, this is this is how we're gonna play the game. The parent gets to decide. The parent gets to decide. Yeah. Um, and then it leads to kids like kids just not to be able to explore and express themselves. And then the parent leaves, and yeah. they don't know what the hell to do because yeah. they are like, well, I've been my parent's sidekick this whole time. Yeah, I've and never now done they're anything. Gone. I just watched. What what am I supposed to do on my own? One thing I've seen um, just from my parents sort of and like what I've seen what I've seen from other people's parents like just relationships I've had meeting families and just like seeing parent kid dynamics um it's like parents have to put expectations on their children like it's a part of parenting like you have to set expect some expectations for your children do you but have to though you do you have to set some rules and boundaries and standards and those boundaries require expectation of the child and the child has to know that that he's expected to do this or that I completely disagree no, but no, but oh, think about it this way though. Way instead it. of instead of um. Oh my gosh, I completely lost it. What I'm saying is that like, if you tell your child like, don't cuss at your teacher, mm-hmm. you expect your child not to cuss at your teacher mm-hmm. because you told them and you, and given you've had a healthy explanation with them like why you can't cuss at your teacher because it it makes them feel bad you know it, it makes everybody it's, feel upset and. Mm-hmm. Not even for the message, though. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Not for the message of don't cuss at your teacher, because obviously they're going to get older, do whatever, but it's teaching them that structure and self-discipline. Just that initial, I'm going to tell you what to do. Yeah. Can you actually yeah. have structure, self-discipline, follow what I say because I know what's And it's also saying it. sometimes I know you want to cuss at your teacher because you get upset, but it's just for the best if you don't, and it's better on you if you don't. Because you don't need to say those things. You have a choice of your own your own words and your own feelings. Like, don't let your feelings control you. You know, mm-hmm. be in control of your feelings. And so it's just like te- teaching a child emotional regulation is why is one of the most important things. Because if you teach a child good emotional regulation, like if they're cussing at their teachers and you know they're well emotionally regulated, you know something's actually wrong, rather than them just reacting to everything because they didn't learn any self control. Yeah. Um, I agree. That's why parenting is fucking hard, and I don't expect any parent to be perfect. Because we're imperfect humans, man. So if you teach your kid, you know, just discipline and self-control and all that stuff, and they curse at their teacher, and you know, like, my kid wouldn't do this randomly, Mm -hmm. um, but you teach your kid, and you expect him to not yell at the teacher, but you also teach, like, um, raise him correctly, so if he does, you know that it's actually, like, an issue... Like something else had to happen, it wasn't just the kid getting upset. Yeah. Why you having that expectation, you almost broke your expectation by teaching your kid to break your expectation. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So like it's almost like um I think expectation isn't the wrong word. I think it's more hopes. Um you hope your you kids sprinkle, you gotta sprinkle both of those in there, man. You're yeah. Like, because you that's then that's what I was getting at too, is like as the child grows and becomes an adult you kind of have to let those expectations go and then give them hopes. You can just see, like, I... I like the, I like the word faith instead of hope. Hope feels like you're dangling from the string. Well, I hope I don't fall. Hope and faith are intertwined. I don't... I think they are shooting for the same goal. Do you have faith I, and hopelessness? Different words, <laughs> right? Um, I think they're shooting for the same goal. I think one is on a lot straighter path. Yeah. So, okay. when it comes to... what I, w- I, might, I might have said it wrong. I think all kids do need structure when they're growing yeah. up because you have to test that child 
with that structure and slowly let go of certain aspects of that structure. For example, this is at least in a, in a lot of countries. This is also coming from people that never raised kids. I just want to throw yeah, this that's yeah. kind of crazy. Well, so don't again. take parenting lessons. We were kids once and we had parents. But um, I've met some parents before. They're great people. It seems like when you're that sidekick, it's because you're not allowed to break those structures. Like, did everyone play soccer when they were four here? Yeah. Did you play soccer? Baseball. Yeah, you played, played baseball, soccer. right? Yeah. Does everyone play soccer no. here now, or baseball? I'd love to. Really. I'm a dancer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's hard to find a team. I, really, I did it because my dad likes soccer. But you see, growing dance up, at three years old, and I still dance now, though. Why did you start dance? My parents wanted no, me to start. No, you dance. wanted to start dance. No, my parents. Do you love? Did your mom dance or did your dad dance? Nope. They just wanted to put me in a dance class while I was active at three years old. See, that's that's good, but but you found love in it, right? Yeah. Okay. See, that's perfect. Doesn't love dancing. Like. It goes back to like the um, it's this NBA basketball player can't let his kid go and do his own thing because he can't stop wanting everyone to fulfill his dreams that he can't fulfill anymore. And I think it's a fine balance because like, when when the kid doesn't want to play soccer anymore and when he realizes he's six, like, if you push him to keep doing that, that's wrong. You should just be like, okay, we're gonna switch over to this gear. And if he's like, oh, I don't really like that gear, it's like, well, you have to do something. I mean, cause and then you explain to him like in that mannerism for a six or seven year old, like you have to experience things to understand what you like. But I also think too, if you have parents that are like that, that are like, I ex- like that feeling of like, you need to fulfill my dreams because I didn't, I don't think any parent consciously does that. It's like, a subconscious. If you're, if you're consciously doing that, you're, you're kind of a, you need help. But like subconsciously you're doing that because like you're, you have, it's like a, it's like this combination of this realization that you did make a sacrifice for this child mm-hmm. And that this child's growing and like you're looking at the child less of a gift of a human being that's trying to live their own life but you see of see them as more of an investment which they are an investment but if you see a child as an investment and you treat a child like you treat your money like you're not going to love it because like no one really loves money like no one would love money if we didn't need it like yeah. but you know even if you don't need the, like even if it's not your kid like I still love kids like you know, if I see someone else's kid, I'm like, hey, man, like, I love that kid. I'll die for that kid. I'll protect that kid. Like, because, like, it, they're just children. But it's just, like, you don't feel that way about money. Like, money has this, like, gross thing to it. Like, children are beautiful things because they ask these questions and they feel the same in the world. Yeah, they have wonder. Money has no wonder. wonder. Money's just an exchange so people can get a glimpse of wonder. <laughs> what it feels like. Yeah. yeah, for a moment. Money brings us lows too, because like we experience a, a huge high when we receive a paycheck, but it doesn't fulfill us throughout the day. Like a lot of people. I was talking to my brother about this the other day. He was, um, his car was really shitty, so he was gonna get like a better job, and then use that better job to pay for the car, and then use that car to get to his job. And I and I and I was talking to him, and I was like, "You see what you're doing here, right?" I was like, "I was like, you're literally just cycling through this, like." cycle of working like losing your time to somebody else so you can pay for something to take you to this thing that's making you lose your time like you are driving your own like essentially like um putting your own foot in the grave and he was like oh yeah and he literally looks at me he's like yeah but isn't that how it's supposed to be and i literally just like smacked myself in the face and i just couldn't believe that like this is essentially how somebody raised in today's society feels this is what the norm is. Work your ass off and hope and essentially... And hope to make it by. And, ho- and hope to make okay. it by, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, you, you live that everyday average life of some family in the suburbs. And, either and you know why people class. feel like that? Is because 
when you when you work and you slug away, like you you get to the point where you're you realize society has just fed you a bunch of bullshit, but you're so deeply engraved into the system of society that you've just like you're so into that cycle of how society functions that you realize like all these foundations you built will have to be broken down and eradicated and eroded and rebuilt upon if you are to change your life in another direction. And it's just, it's easier to stay where you are because like it's a real battle upstream to just dissolve your life and start over. Like you gotta, that's a deep, deep rabbit hole. It's a very deep rabbit hole. But if you can come out the other side, you actually like get to experience life in a much richer and fuller experience that you can love and you can, you can love every moment of um, and it's not going to feel repetitive, but you know we all have to get through that because the entire human organism are, are all built on societies. Societies are ran because we need to function, and there's just a lot of us. It's like we had tribes, and tribes with their own little small societies and communities and families. But once all those got big enough to connect, it, it you have to have this standard way of being in order for it to run effectively for an economic model, like. I don't know, and because people want to control large swaths, and it's really interesting how it goes down. Because people, I think people still get tribal. I think people still um, minimalistic. Yeah. Yeah, like we still I mean, we yeah, still tribal. Us four, we're a we're a tribe of sorts, yeah. and so it's just like you know we're a small band of gatherers. We're very so, this is animalistic and primitive. I, I mean, not be I went to a drum circle that wasn't really like promoted or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And that is the most animalistic thing I've ever felt in my life. Way drum more are dope. animalistic than like any like athletic thing I've done. Like I've never seen people so comfortable to just scream like hyenas and like rip their fucking clothes off in from in front of people and jump over fires. It was like a totally other it's world. Feeling free, dude. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like completely like it was no one was really speaking to each other. Yeah. They'd just be like losing their shit we built houses to feel safe and now we gave up our freedom for security mm-hmm. especially if you're thinking of like think of the tribes in south africa that have been there for a very very long time and like their ways of being dancing around the fire and um you know doing the when i went to south africa they're always dancing like that part has is still in society uh in the south africans like they're always dancing. Yeah, they, 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 the they never the show that in any sort know, of like school like, education it, too. It, it's know, so like, different. It's it's so different. Like that was what I was talking to Diego about the other day. People dance for different reasons. Yeah. Some do it as celebration. Some do it as a workout. Some do it to release any emotional stress that they can't express in words. People do it for different reasons, but they're all doing the same thing. And it, it means something right. very special to you specifically. I think doing it for the same yeah. reason, and isn't it to feel good is the yeah. ultimate. Well, goal. when I talked yeah. to South Africans, because um, I knew I saw a lot of them dancing, so I asked them like, I'm like, what, what is it about dancing? Like, why do you do dancing so much? Like, why do you? And they speak loudly. They always speak loudly, and they speak loudly and don't whisper and talk low because, in their culture, like if you're talking quiet you're talking about somebody and somebody thinks you're talking about them so like you got to make your presence known that's like, how i feel too it, yeah and it adds into the dance and the reason is that dancing is like south africa is a hard place to live man um it's there's it's very it's not wealthy the government's corrupt um and 
there's a lot of poor people and there's a lot of violence and every day could be your last day if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time like it just so happens it's that way and I think that's just that's ingrained there and so like living every they literally live every day like it's their last day for the most part like they don't work to live they live they no they don't live to work they work to live and so like you'll see chain grocery stores that are supposed to be up until nine close at five because they all agreed that they wanted to go home like that's just how it works <laughs> and it's just like okay like and it's a system it's a way of being and there's a peacefulness to it i i've been different ever since i came back from south africa because I, I was i studied abroad there for six months and i i got to meet a lot of the people from south africa and get to just experience them and realize like i can just be happier like I can walk slower. I can do things at a pace that's my own, and I don't have to up my game for any particular person, unless it's I, if I choose to do it because I find yeah. doing so is worth it. Yeah. Um, but cool. it's just like yeah. yeah, to walk for yourself. I think like, that's, that's an amazing way to live. Yeah. Growing up, I was always the, the fast walking kid and getting pissed off when people were super slow. Dude, I'm so slow walking. Don't um, ever walk behind me. Oh slow no! Walk. Like well, now I've slowed down so yeah. so so much, and um really just coming from my same thing work experience all my managers would always just be like Gabe like slow the hell down like, you walk well, slower than I do now yeah well I'm I'm, cause I'm I'm having fun now I'm sightseeing as I go and it's just so much nicer way to, to live just slow down walk why the hell and great example I do something similar now um, in a completely different form but I'll check my phone the first thing I do like when I wake up because me being like a manager, me having people rely on me, I have to be up and I have to be readily available um, and give my, basically pour my cup out to other people without my cup being full. Mm-hmm. And it causes, it's like a, it's, well, it's stress, one. But um, it's the same thing. It's just now I just have to learn how to slow down and take, you know, wake up and drink some water, shower, get myself prepared before I can even tackle whatever events just happened on, you know, on my phone. Yeah, I honestly can kind of relate to that. Cause I, I'm a bit of a speed walker, or at least I used to be when I was little, and I used to have problems with pacing, like pacing heavily. And my dad, when he was in the grocery store, would just speed by everyone. He would literally like dart and leave my mom and me, and he'd be like, I already have everything, we gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I hate when people fucking act just, like this. Just, like, we would have gotten home faster if we would have just strolled through the grocery yeah, store and like picked home. it up yeah. calmly. We probably would have remembered where everything is in the grocery store that we always come to. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny, and I, I struggle with that somewhat currently, like creation-wise, when I'm writing for school, because I the teachers will be and like that's what I don't like about the American school system because the teachers will be like make sure you're working on this in increments each day and teachers don't even realize it but they're kind of giving at least in my writing intensive courses sometimes they're giving like their like build up process to writing or like their process of how they finish something but it's just like I, I, I and we do need structure but we, the way we say things even I do it wrong sometimes like they should be. I think people should explain it and then like give ultimatums. You know, it should always be like that because when you start raising your kid after that, once he's like 10, 11, 12, you build less anger in people. You should. You're saying there should be ultimatums. Like you can do this, but you can also do this. It should always be like that. Unless uh, it's that, like that's not an ultimatum. You're right. That's not an ultimatum. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. There should be options. There's just options. Options. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But so because like that's what also brings on anxiety, and that's why like they say, oh, the American school system is the worst. Yeah. Like Florida actually has 
the worst from what yeah. I remember. Well, just looking at how the American, I mean, I guess we might as well just talk about the school system. You brought it up, we got But the, in right now the American school system was designed so when kids were going to school, in the nicest way possible, there was nothing. You, you went home to your parents and they both had respective jobs or your mom was, no, yeah, most like most of the time your mom was a stay-at-home mom, your dad had a job. Were you talking like the 50s or some shit? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. When, um, sorry, that was a really low voice. Um, uh, okay. No, but yeah, so just like the traditional how they, how they want school to operate because uh, when kids essentially you didn't do anything until college you worked or you stayed by your parents up until you went to college if you could afford it if not you just went straight into the work industry mm-hmm. um, and the thing is now there's just too much to do or not too much to do but there's so much to do right um, so many different options like there's kids doing YouTube channels they're, they're millionaires why should that kid have to go to school to well, learn the basic stuff in education or like to learn whatever how to because, how society yeah. deems because well like we mm-hmm. I said this the other day it's because of self discipline and because of literally finding who you are mm-hmm. it's because when you're told you have to be in these number of classes you have to be in six hours of school then you have to go and yeah. do practice well, when you're told when you're told you mm-hmm. have to do this. It teaches them self-discipline. Yeah. It teaches them, am I willing to, you know, risk getting a free period if it means having suspension? You know what I mean? Like, they're taught this learning right and wrong. Mm-hmm. They're taught discipline. They're taught, you know, when, you're, know, when you're hanging around. I don't think it's discipline because discipline is going home and doing your homework. No, no. Discipline is, is making yourself go into a classroom, mm-hmm. sit there, not say a word, and listen to someone talk to you about something you might not even care about. That is discipline. That is telling yourself, I'm doing this because I think this is good for my future. I'm doing this even though it's not desirable in this moment because I know that I should. Well, the way our school school systems are built is is it's funded by an economical society. And so it's built for like a one-size-fits-all method. It's like, hey, who can get through this process? so that we can see who's capable of doing the things we need them to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what the institutionalized school system is for. And hopefully, and and because there's caring teachers, because there's caring administrators and caring parents and caring people that want children to have different types of learning, it's why we've introduced science. We have math. We have history. We have all these different things. And, like, you know, when you're growing up through K through 12 and you're getting through that program, like, it's a pretty low level of explanation on each of the fields because it has to be because there's so many other options you can pursue once you get to college and like people know that people that build the school systems up they're like we can't give them everything at once because we don't want to confuse them we just want to give them a storyline you know to follow like especially for history like learning american history like if you go through my eighth grade american history book i today if you read that oh my god you'd be like this is bullshit like you know because all the stories of american history that are told through these um, different people that we know now today were like slave owners or were like, you know, and I don't think that they were necessarily bad people, but they had such a different mindset and a way of being. Like, our our country was built on these people and we just have to change our mindset. Like, we, re- we have to realize, like, America is an evolving thing. And so, like, we have to all get on board to figure out, like, 
how are we going to function this? But it's hard when you have 350 million people and the world has billions of people in different places and it's why they put just like one person in charge and it's why they love the queen. But the, <laughs> like, the, reason, the leaders the have it, messed up genetics, a lot of them. But the reason Pure it blows, changes yeah. is because back then, like right now we know owning a slave, not morally right. Back then, that's what they thought was the best for them. Which obviously now, growing through it, we all know that's not good. But in their in their eyes, it was perfectly right. It made sense to them. It's what they were supposed to do. Which is why growth is is so important. But it's also kind of tying back to school. It's that group thinking, that yeah. group thinking that's not only good but can but is actually very dangerous. It's bad because you know you don't have the opportunity to express yourself differently. Otherwise, you do get hated for it. But at the same time, it, it's good because you can realize like. This type of group that, that goes by these morals, I don't like that. This type yeah. of group of people that goes by these morals, I like that. Mm-hmm. And you kind of find who you are that way. But, yeah, slavery uh, is not good. My uncle kind of, when it comes to, like, the world, he kind of presents it. It's, he's, a, like, 79, almost 80. He's like, I kind of was talking to him about that. Like, well, it wasn't right, but they still did it. And he was like, was it right or was it wrong or was it just what was happening what during those times because yeah. we didn't have technology people we didn't care about each other as much because if we had less to survive so like we had technology we just didn't have electronics we didn't have the internet we didn't we didn't have <laughs> bmws and 18 wheelers True. so like we we had people we had we took advantage of people yeah. we had we moved slower by default if you had <laughs> slaves you had time to relax yeah. if you didn't have slaves you didn't have time to relax well that's Realistically, like yeah. they had more. Like I, I, I think it's it was still wrong either way. Wagon, but it's a classic but, yes, bandwagon. Slavery. Well, if everyone else is doing it, then it's probably fine. If everyone else is all gonna put solar on their roof, then mm-hmm. y'all do it. When the you devil know? presents um, his benefits, other people follow. Yeah. Look, the old English in the Dark Ages really fucked a lot of things up since the 1400s. Like when the Dark Ages were around, whenever the Crusades were happening, like it. That fucked us up royally, oh, and, it's, and it's still just like in the system. In England, it was just it was it was the epicenter, and it was plagued by that. But England at that time, through those crusades, got to a lot of the world and collected a lot of information and a lot of interesting technology that they took over and were basically able to dominate the world. Um, and it it happened every people were slaves everywhere and what the English did to the slaves because they still had that religious poisoning sort of mindset and they just tortured people Mm -hmm. but if you look at slavery going back like the term slave just meant someone who is indebted there were people who did who abused slaves but if you think back to like the ancient Greek and the Romans people had slaves because someone was indebted to someone and so, and a lot of the time it was you a deal to where if you worked it off you were you were free like okay you're no longer in slavery like you're no longer indebted to me you've paid mm-hmm. your debts like you see nannies like in yeah. South Africa and places like that yeah. like rich parts of it where they're like white people right and they're they were like love they loved it some yeah. of them I'm not saying this is right I personally think it's wrong but you see like people when people are thrown into a world where it's like, oh, this is my reality due to the person that I am and society's built me up to be. You know, this is like a top of a hierarchy for the type of person I am right now, so I love it. I still think slavery is wrong is wrong then, but it's crazy to see how we view view it then to now. Because yeah. even people who were dealing with it, the people at the highest points of it were like, oh, I get good money, my family eats better than everyone in the neighborhood. It's like, 
think life is good. I think because like, yeah. but then that that goes on a whole another thing of like where we're always kind of up and down as people, and like how you were talking about like a somber state is like what we have to be comfortable with yeah. to like get to that higher level that we want to as people. Well, I'm not saying everybody has a, is normally in a somber state. I think like I don't know if somber is a good word, but it's just like my normal state of being at any given point is just like riding the line you know it's like it's not too excited it's not too low I'm just sort of just like riding the line and it's just like when you just look at me when I'm just like not thinking about anything it's just like kind of how I am but some people are just like always just a little bit bouncy some people are always just a little bit sluggish like we're all kind of different in that regard it's just like you have to find your baseline for sure but a lot of people don't ever get to find their baseline because they've been jacked up since they were kids on everything. Well, like, like I'm, I'm an example of that. Yeah. Even sometimes it's always it's like the mindset you gain from being jacked up on like medication. Right. Very interesting, and it's interesting to watch how much I've come down since I was 19 years old to see like myself calm down and find my mediums and like I think well I will always and like all people will always be finding new mediums as we change too like your happy medium. Yeah. But it. It was weird because all I all you know is take this to do this. So mm-hmm. like when you take this to do this, you look at everything in life like that. So you're like I, sports, Gatorade. Like you have all these attachments within within the things you love that really bring you down. Yeah, yeah. Even with yeah. school, sometimes like I, like I, when I when I'm forced to be creative, I yeah. have to use caffeine. Yeah. Because it's timeline. But it's like when I'm not, I don't use it. It's different. When I write for fun, I don't use anything usually. Yeah. Which it's different how like it works for me. Caffeine, caffeine, nicotine. See, I think, no, both of those are like neurotropics. Like they, they make you, they make your brain Zoom. work differently. Like they just, they, uh, they, they put you at a, a different frequency a little bit. And, but that frequency can be very addictive if you want to stay there. Unless realizing that like the highs are meant to be highs because they have to go back down. Yeah. And like, you can't just That's if you're constantly true. high you're not actually high you're just sort of plateauing <laughs> at this new state of being that gets depressing because yes. you're like it no longer feels it, you're, you're basically creating a lie for yourself and I think that's really how an addiction starts and how it kind of follows is like you're just on this new plane of being and if you're on it long enough you just forgot what it was like to not be that way and like that's when people you know have and for some some of these things that you take you have chemical withdrawals to where your body physically can't do it and you're like that's another thing and you got to go to the hospital that's when mm-hmm. people have to go to rehab it's uh that happened to a kid i grew up with he, yeah he smoked so much weed that his body got allergic to it and he didn't smoke for months no way. i swear to god i swear to god he smoked on a boat and he started puking and becoming like in and out of consciousness just like oh, sick body dis- like associated like like started smoking when he was 10 like yeah. a, like you ever met a lacrosse player who's just so burnt out with like like oh like that was like, <laughs> dude lax and he's like really high like this kid was bad yeah dude yeah, no I actually knew a kid growing up so, uh, he was allergic to, to like any herb after that dude. he couldn't even smoke yeah, I, yeah no I uh, used to skateboard with this one kid and like yeah um how do I explain it he wasn't every way shape and form normal um there's something like about him that same exact same kind of like mood just never cared mm-hmm. but it was like an almost like it was like weird it's like just, unbelievable yeah like unbelievable like how are you like how are you almost like there um 
And everybody always just joked and was just like, yeah, dude, the, the kid's permafrost. The man's just so gone. He's just so lost. And that's just how they described it. Mm. And now I see him. Um, and from what last couple times I've, I've, you know, interacted or like seen his profile and everything, um, he's super, super different. Wears dress shirts all the time, cut his hair, doesn't have shaggy hair anymore. He super, pulled himself up by his super, bootstraps. Yeah, super, and just super did formal, and it, yeah, it's super crazy to see. Yeah, he was a skater boy. He said, "See you later, boy." <laughs> she was a skater boy. What? Oh, she can't be these days. Twenty twenty two. Oh, twenty one. Do whatever Jeez. you want now. Oh, I don't even know. Be yourself. Bro, it's already March again. Which I know. Who dude. remembers last March? Last March I is do. when we started quarantine. I know, dude. Oh. We should get a cake. <laughs> Celebrate. You know? Corona's one year in You know, in we can I don't know quarantine. we can talk about quarantine. well we can put a whole fucking I fucking hate quarantine podcast together on quarantine. We can put a whole episode together on just quarantine. I don't even think and it'd be one episode. Oh, you think quarantine. Quarantine. quarantine so much energy oh, was I heard, I heard it was cool twice and I was like I'm completely and then it was just not cool at all. Yeah. I loved quarantine at first, but then it was just like, alright. It gave me this great time to get my shit together yeah. and form into a better person, and it's like, and the world needs to open up. <laughs> Look, <laughs> and the, that person needs to flower. Well, Texas, the Rona Texas 19, is open. That's a good no point. No more masks. The Rona's next. The yeah. Rona 19, as bad as it's been, or as bad as, I, I'm not going to into that, as bad as it is, and how much it sucks for people, it's just like, it's, it's, I think it's going to change, it has changed humanity a little bit for the better. Because it made us stop. It made us stop and be like, oh shit. I actually This is what I've been do. doing this whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people like moms or dads, parents, whoever, who are like working triple shifts and they're doing all this stuff. Like they're never home. They're constantly work, 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 work. They have a schedule, wake up, eat, work, 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 eat, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But now with COVID and quarantine, they like have to sit at home and be by themselves and actually with each think, other because they never spent well, time with one another because they were always working <laughs> and actually think because people a lot of people try to distract themselves with activities so they don't have to think but now it literally forced everyone to have to sit down and actually have thoughts and interact with each other and I think that was terrifying for some people yeah because they've gone so long without it well and I think also because we, this hasn't happened before it's like the people that did get in those relationships or did get married and like do cohabitate, they got into that place in the name of the societal structure that they were in. And like they're just like, we're supposed to get married, we're supposed to find love. And like they do love that person, or they did based on their ideas of how society is supposed to function. But when society sort of changes and shifts, and now you're in this new paradigm with this person, you know, I think it's beautiful when people that were together, got into quarantine, they stayed together in quarantine, they learned more about each other, they, they fell more in love as people, and like that's a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful thing, but I think a lot of people found that they just had really fundamental differences. They figured out, I would actually be happier with this kind of life, you would be happier with this kind of life, and we should go our separate ways because that's what's best for us. Normally it doesn't come out in that positive adult conversation, it comes out in tears and fights, and people screaming and tweeting about each other, and that was getting, a big thing during getting quarantine. insane and stealing toilet paper and all that stuff. And it's, it's <laughs> wild. I remember the first day I walked in because I had moved home right like a week before they actually like started really talking about it on the news for reasons other than Corona. Right. And it was just like I walked in the grocery store and I'm like, this is some bullshit. Like 
the fuck is coronavirus? I don't care. Like, this is... It's not, it's not like shit. It's not a real <laughs> thing. Hmm? It, like, I was like... I heard, thinking back to when it first started, I was like... I was more confused than anything. It was just like, okay. Because... And what happened to me... So, we should tell about... Where were you when Corona started? You know what I mean? Uh, Let's do that story. I'll tell, my, I'll tell mine real quick. I'll tell mine real quick. Hold on. Actually, Annalise, you seem excited. You okay. go first. Well, just because Corona was like my, I think my first, very first step of defying my parents and starting my new life. Only huh. because when Corona happened, my parents were very freaked out at first. So they were like, you need to come home immediately. And I was like... I don't want to get on a plane. I don't want to go to an airport. I have to go through two airports. If I drive, I have to stop at 100 gas stations. I don't think this is safe. So I went directly against what they told me to do for the very first time, I think. And I decided to stay in Florida. How did that feel for you? I was terrified. I had no idea. I was like, I don't know if this is the right decision, the wrong decision. But I make like there's no going back now. Like what do you, what do you, how do you feel about that choice now? Fit amazing because literally because of that moment and it turning out the way it did, me learning from it, learning the type of people they are and the type of person I am. When I decided not to go home for um, for COVID and everything, mm. that's when I started my life. That's when I started making my own decisions. We decided to come to Colorado. Directly against my parents, but this time I was it was still scary, but it was I felt so much more comfortable doing it because I took that first step. Do you, do you feel that they respect you as more of an adult now? Or they or do you not talk to them? Well, I think my mom does because yeah. she I noticed she starts talking to me more like a friend now rather than you know, you have to Annalise, like, what are you doing? Because there were points where she would literally call me and be like, What are you doing? Like, yeah. you're She's like mistakes, the guiding mother instead of commanding now, mother. Yeah, but now she talks to me like a friend. She knows. Right. She acknowledges that I'm gonna make my own decisions either way. She answers the so, phone like, "Sup, bitch." No, literally, <laughs> like she'll she can actually talk to me like a friend now. Of course, she still yeah. will act like a parent occasionally and want to help me with things, but she treats me like someone she respects. Whereas my dad, I think he, this was his worst nightmare. Was yeah. me turning into this you gotta, that's probably terrifying for a father and, well yeah 100% honestly. and so he still loves me I still I had to call him the other day because I was having a problem with school and I was like he's probably the only one who can really help me with this yeah. so I called him the other day and he still was willing to hear me out listen to me and he's gonna help me because even though he won't really talk to me and he's disappointed and upset he still loves me and I think that little that little glimpse of you know faith I think is gonna is gonna overtake well, everything. I think I a think lot of I think fun. a lot of the reason he's upset is because like it was sort of abrupt. Yeah. And all all of this happening and I think what he's trying to deal with inside is reasoning within himself is like I I know because are you his only daughter? Yes. Are you his only child? No. Okay. A, I have an older brother. Okay. Well, boys are different. Yeah. But like <laughs> having his only daughter have, get up and be gone so abruptly and like. It sort of, it. I think it just kind of shatters it, shattered his expectations of how he wanted to see you off. Oh yeah. And I think it just it hurt him. Oh yeah. And I think it hurt, and he's still trying to reason with that hurt. Um, I because, think he blames himself. Yeah. It's his yeah. biggest thing. He's like, I thought I raised her to be on this specific path. So when it took twenty one years for me to realize I don't want to be on that path, um, 
he was just like mind blown. It was like you were on such a good path, you were doing everything I wanted you to do. Where did I go wrong that led you to this point? Because he sees this as an absolute mistake. So he's like, what did I do wrong in my parenting that I believed you were on this right path and now you ended up exactly where I didn't want you? Right. You you left the part of the game where you're told what to do by the by the guy and you stepped into the free roam world and you're like, wait, I didn't have to do anything that that dude just told me. None <laughs> of that is even relevant. Right. And then you started have, going and having fun, which is what it's all about. Right. And it all really depends on the level of and I'm not saying you disrespect your parents but it really does just de- depend on the level of respect you have for your parents advice I mean if, if you've gone your whole life and you get to a point where you're like I really can't take my parents this seriously because of one thing or another and it's just like because of like you're like okay I got to this point like I'm and even at 18 you're like I think I'm an adult like you're not but like you think you are and like I sometimes at 26 years old sometimes, sometimes at 26 years old I'm like I think I'm an adult and then I realize I'm like I still have some childish tendencies, like, but, and there's people that are forty that do that, and it's just like there's never, there's not really anything as a grown up, but it's just like you get to a point where you have a growth spurt in your sort of mindset, and you're like, I can make decisions for myself. But to like, yeah, and to like wrap it back to what Diego said earlier, why would you respect working for a boss who doesn't have his shit together, who looks like he hates his life? That's not right. the type of person you want to work for. Same thing with your parents. Why would you go on the specific path that this. they set for you? Um when you know you look at their lives and it's nothing like what you want the rest of your life to look like no 100 agree i guess we'll wrap it back to what we did during uh, quarantine um but super glad you found your freedom i think that's you know beautiful um thanks babe <laughs> you're welcome um what was oh yeah so what were we doing during quarantine um there were six of us. I had a job. I was working at Sprint. Oh, God. Um, worst job ever. Uh, just making my face like look destroyed. Like, I had acne everywhere. Um, six of us living in that house. Six people living in one. It was four person. Well, yeah, me and three other dudes. And then you moved in because of me. And then... Jo- and then, Julia. yeah, and then our... Buddy's girlfriend moved in at the same time. Um, I quit that job. Then COVID hit. Quarantine happened at like the perfect time. Oh, I started working as a at server. Delta. Yeah, I started working as a waiter. Um, quarantine hit. Lost my job. Got paid that unemployment. Woo! Gang, gang, sir. Gang, gang. Um, I apologize to that. people that did not receive it. Um, Can I say gang, gang? No. Yeah. <laughs> gang, gang. Trap, 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 trap. Um, trap, gang. Um, and same thing I was just discovering myself for a very very long time Um, it's where I've made you're done? no you're done self-discovery? no 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 I mean a little bit I found a little fragment I I would like you found some fractals bro? yeah I I would highly like definitely say um, I found a big piece of myself and it was me oh my god my dick (laughs) (laughs) if only Stuck in my, it was stuck in the other hole for so many years. I finally pulled it out. Yo, bro, shut. That was disgusting. My penis was a belly button until Sometimes I was Sometimes I just wake up and it's in my asshole. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Definitely cutting this. Um, Back to COVID. <laughs> um, nah, keep it. It's golden. Yeah, no, you're right. But, jeez, no, yeah. So then that was when I was making a lot of life-changing decisions. How I wanted to handle my money. How I wanted to handle my my dog. God bless Diesel. 
um, the money out there. How to handle my relationship. We did Georgia right before. We did. We got. We started. I quit my job. Before. We took a trip to Georgia, and then COVID hit. Yeah. And oh my God, dude, that was crazy. Yeah. Life, yeah, 2021. But yeah, just basically finding myself, um, making some major cha- life-changing decisions, um, like moving out to Colorado with nothing mm-hmm. but a, but uh, I want to say some faith, really. And that's basically it. Here we are. <laughs> Made, started making started making music. Oh yeah, you start. We know you started, started skydiving. Oh um, started. Oh my god, what else did I do? Started doing uh, photography for, and forex. Yeah, I started trading. Learning, learning, learning forex. how to trade. You went to uh, Alaska with your uncle to hunt wolverines. Dude, I completely <laughs> forgot about that one. No, I'm just kidding. Cap, but, cap, cap, cap. Yeah. No, but yeah, just discovering, just basically branching out as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this one thing. It was like better to be a jack of all trades and a master of one and kind of resonated really well with me because that's how I always like chose but you gotta admit some masters of ones oh there's when you see a master of one you're like ooh boy that's tight bro (laughs) (laughs) that's tight just discovering a bunch of different things about myself like I said started skydiving doing photography learned how to express myself more started making music um so so beautiful. Would have really you, you have to dissolve it. your boundaries to create them. Yeah, like, <laughs> 100%. you gotta you gotta change your standards to be able to set new standards. Mm. You can't set new standards and keep your same yeah. ones. It's fluid, baby. Yeah, it's, it's fluid. All fluid. Fluidity. What about you, Nick? What were you doing during quarantine? Well, go back to January 2019, kind of leading up to quarantine. A year uh, before? Wait, what? You mean 2020? You mean January 2020? Yeah. Um. Cause it's about to be a long story. No, because it was like the semester January. January. <laughs> we came out last January, no? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. January 2020. He said January 2019. Okay, so like December of 2019. Okay. New I, Year's. Like that, I got drunk for like 27 days straight with my family. Whoa. And I came off a semester where I was like with a girl for probably like over a year and a half. Uh huh. And like we had, I had, I had broken up with her, but crazy shit happened at the club clubs that I was going to because I was clubbing almost every other night so my life for like years was crazy as fuck I didn't realize it like from like 14 to 19 I was just out there and I I had lost myself more and more as those years gone on like gaining kind of like dark knowledge in a way and I kind of just woke up one day I had come back from to Gainesville from getting drunk for like 30 days like with my family without other family and I just realized how sad I was yeah. and how much I hated like who I was becoming and I had to feel, realize why I was that way and I like just traced it back and really realized a lot of hidden trauma over like eight months, the first eight months of Corona. Mm-hmm. And through that I found like my love of working out again. And like right now I'm kind of in a tough spot cause like I'm fucked up, Spooky but like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like after that I'll get back to that mo- like Muay Thai thing and like the weird thing is, is like, what I realized in the process of Corona when I was writing music too is like I'm really not a creative or that I, I feel like not even that pleasant to be around when I'm not active and that's really what I realized during Corona is like mm-hmm. I can be very reasonable with like the things that have happened to me in my trauma if I am active even just like 100 push-ups in the morning or just like sit-ups or but it's really cardio and mm-hmm. I kind of just got to that and it helped my school aspect too because I hated living in Gainesville because of 
the way I looked at school because I had transitioned my mindset from high school to college, which was like yeah. already a negative outlook on it. And I was really able to just get good grades and focus on myself and like practice self-loving habits, like, right. like breathing exercises and just like understanding that like talking about everything that's happened in my life is actually the most powerful thing that we I I I learned that we all have because if we can just get it off our chest because yeah. society is ingrained into us don't get it off your chest but if we just get it off our chest and we really work to get it off our chest we're good yeah. at least Hold for the that next shit day in and swallow these pills yeah It'll the next fine. day you're you're better you might have to do it again but yeah. it's a good way for me to at least chug along I realized that and working out that's good to get therapy too where you can find it I, I did it for eight months yeah yeah I so would, what were you doing during quarantine that's exactly what I what I just said just as eight months uh, leading up to now just like that's where oh you and then I process. guess qu quarantine's still going on and then like by the end of it I, I finished and I graduated at Santa Fe gotcha. and I was talking to you for like three four months after that about w moving and I'm here now and it's been a it's been like a really cool process I've right. been like very busy with a lot of different things like I, at first I worked at a gym and I realized that cut like how much I hated customer service so then I went door knocking and now I'm just like focusing full-time on school and it's like mm -hmm. I miss working out because I'm injured but it's it's nice to be challenged like some days I hate it but then I realize I'm having the wrong perspective like I'm being challenged way more yeah. than I ever have been academically but that's what I've been working up to with like yeah. therapy and everything of like understanding myself and understanding how to stay calm about yeah. school because like I have a schedule but it's not bulletproof and I think yeah. that's what I learned over quarantine too is like there's because I was inside all the time there's always these check boxes right but yeah. they're never going to be fully full yeah and I think if you can embrace that at least a person like me your anxiety will yeah. be okay and I think a lot of people realize that during quarantine yeah. just vibe and chug along at their pace well and I think the people that haven't but guys, I hate to interrupt. I actually have to go do that right now. So have fun with the rest of the time. All right, man. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to plug, Nicholas? I love you all. All right. That's a nice plug. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. I'll see you later, man. Goodbye, but, uh, Nikki P. I guess. I guess. Lastly, I'll just. Uh, I'll say how my quarantine went, and we can like wrap this thing up if we want. Um, I. So I was in AmeriCorps. From the beginning of January, I got there January seventh. I got to AmeriCorps and Triple C. I was stationed in Benton, Iowa, um, and I AmeriCorps was a great program. I think it it gave me a lot of structure as a person. Um, it taught me a Did lot. Peace Corps? No, no, no. AmeriCorps oh, is a AmeriCorps and Triple C. It's a civilian community service program, basically. Um, there's a bunch of branches of AmeriCorps, but I was in Triple C and. Um, I got to be a team leader, so I got to have um, a team of members, and they all came together. We got team leader training, and that training taught me a lot about effective communication skills. It taught me a lot about um, how people react to certain situations. Like it was a, it's a very good program to learn about yourself and to give you structure for like who you are as a person. But fast forward, <clears throat> so I'm a team leader. I get my team, um, and. We're going on our first service project. We're going all the way to Long Island to work on um, a farm, um, to work on this organic farm. We're doing invasive species removal. Um, and there was a bunch of autumn olive and a bunch of really mm -hmm. multi-flora rows, a bunch of fucking crazy plants. We were out there with chainsaws, just chopping it all down and like having this team bonding. And like over the time I had gotten to know this group of people and like these younger people that I was helping out, and, like it, it, they were like a small family to me and I, and I miss them. I love those guys. 
Um, but we were there, we were at our first project for like two weeks. Not even two weeks. Yeah, it was like a week and a half. And March, what was it, February 17th, something like that, we got a call, and it was the entire AmeriCorps across the nation on the phone. It's like, you guys are suspended. Like, we got to suspend the program. You guys got to go back home. We don't know when this is going to be over, yada, yada, yada. And so uh, basically that sort of wrapped it up for me a little bit. I actually had a girlfriend in Iowa at the time, and I lived with her, um, which was an interesting experience because she had a kid. And so I, like, I got to be around this four-year-old a lot, and I just I learned a lot about children in that way um, because he was a very curious kid. He's a, you know, he's very smart, very questionable, um, and it's just like, oh, like you actually have a lot of intelligence for a four-year-old child, and the things that you're wondering are, are very intelligent. You have very smart questions, and so like I got to learn that. Um, <clears throat> no, COVID was weird because that relationship ultimately didn't work out, and I think it's because we both sort of. Um, got thrown together because we weren't dating that long uh, and then we sort of got into this place of COVID it's the same way same way COVID hit everybody like trying yeah we, we got the COVID crazies a little bit <clears throat> and like I, I was having to like self introspect myself and a lot of things came out she was introspecting herself and a lot of things came out and like it was a beautiful relationship in a lot of ways and I think if anybody did quarantine with a significant other like they'll sort of understand this in a way of like how it is to be that close to someone <laughs> oh every single day when don't blow your eyes when you haven't been dating even <laughs> that long and like you're not married and you don't have any intentions of being well, married like you're really especially but, yeah because yeah. we started dating in february and then covid happened literally yeah. right right then yeah, so later. we like the second time around but we had been used to spending that much time together from we like the year ahead time of time together not but, that much. But we we spent not forced to be no, together. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we spent every day together for but a very long time. But but, but differently because right. I was able to do my thing and it was more like we were friends versus us being like we might have to like, survive. Yeah, bond <laughs> bound together. Not bound because that sounds like I'm stuck with you. Yeah. More like um, I'm trying to think of the word, but basically just be a lot closer to yeah. each other but after that i uh i just i ended up moving home for a little bit saw my mom down in kentucky which was nice and then uh decided to move here to colorado and that's kind of how i got my start is just kind of moving through that process and like i'm glad i'm where i am like i i don't covid made my life so much better and mm-hmm. a, a, i hate i hope people don't get mad at that but like it just it made my life better in a lot of ways because it just it completely diverted my path from what I was taking, which was a good path. I guess it I, just matters what you were. Yeah. What you I just would be, I'd just be a different person had yeah. it not happened. But I'm glad the person it turned me out to be and the person I am now sitting in front of you guys and sitting with you guys, just being able to have this podcast and talk and do our thing to get it out in the world. Um, but I, I forgot where I was going, which is like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm happy that I'm here. I'm happy that I made it here yeah. with, with the people. You I wrote that book too. People. Yeah, I wrote that. I wrote my first poetry book, and I wrote that during I wrote that during quarantine. Um, so the book's called Love Notes in the Universe: The Story of Poetry. It's about my. So I've been writing poetry since I was a uh, fifteen. I think I started expressing poetry and writing it down. Um, but it was strange because over ten years, I've only written like thirty six poems. I know people that have written hundreds of poems because I just write poems every day. But poetry for me, when I write a poem, it's not because I 
wanted to sit down and write a poem. It's more so it's like I'm in a vulnerable state of mind, and I'm in a vulnerable place that I don't exactly understand, and I need to express that in a way. And it just for me, it comes out as poetry. Mm-hmm. It's it's me putting an expression of my mind on paper when there's a puzzle I'm trying to figure out, and I just kind of let the universe flow through me and let that flow out mm-hmm. into the words, and then try to come back and understand yeah. it later. Are you saying um, it was 36 poems in 10 years? Right. Like you just said. Right. I feel like... But they weren't all like linear 10 years. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it started, they Some of them were at 15, some were around 18, some were yeah, around yeah. 20. Like, well, yeah. I'm just talking about because I've seen you write poetry you know, almost every day. I, remember, I write poetry more now. Okay. Now, that, I've, now that, I, that, I've, that I sat down and I wrote those poems together, and some of the poems I had written at the time of writing it, um, but some of those poems I, I put together... Um, and I tried to put them with my photography and I t- to portray them in a way that um, just shows my experience. And um, I, I think it's an interesting book and, I, and I'm probably biased because it's my story. I think my story is kind of interesting. Like I think we all do. Thank you. Thank you. But I, I, tried, I tried my best. Like, I didn't want to come off as a pretentious person because like, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to express my own story but show my story in a way that could relate to everybody else. And I think for those who have read it, they've told me that they do relate to parts of it. There, there are certain poems that touch them in certain ways, and I'm happy that it, it does that. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. I have to do some editing on it, but I mean, it's on Amazon. You can find it. Um, yeah, I guess we can post the link for it. <laughs> check it out. Sure. Put it in the description. But yeah, man, I love, I love you to read. I love, I would love to get feedback on it. I yeah. would love to get Amazon reviews. I would love to get any sort of comments to just see like. Hey, like, what was this idea for you? Like, this resonates with me. Like, I, I want to talk about that, and I think the podcast will be a good place for that. And yeah. you know, as, if there are anybody that's listening, if you want to send in questions, if you want to make comments, if you want to ask, tell us, tell us your story. Like, we'll read it. We'll read it, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it. Um, you know, it may not be immediately. But we'll, if we find a place where your story fits, we'll talk about your story and we'll share. Mm-hmm. And like, we'll you know, we'll we'll do our best to make you feel at home because that's our whole point like that's the whole point of finding home that's why we're here agreed well so I guess really the whole conversation of this was growing up um, we can talk more about growing up like well that's what I'm specific, I, for yeah sure. well I'm saying like we definitely that's kind of what we touched up on um, yeah. for the like as like a, over like an umbrella objectively it was growing up yeah, yeah. it's gro- growing up in, in today's theme. times overarching theme yeah so but with that same thing we'll leave you guys yeah um to until another time hopefully you guys heard this and found at least some similarities hopefully some differences because it's four different perspectives in the room yeah maybe Uh, learn something yeah an open mind if people want to find you anywhere like social media or whatever yeah where where would they go for you oh i'm just gonna drop that all we'll just drop all we'll drop it all on the link folks we'll drop it all Um, smash that like button Don't forget to subscribe. If you want more videos like this, feel free to subscribe. Oh my god. Please turn your post notifications on. All that jazz. Y'all know what the fuck's up. Subscribe to my channel. See more videos like this every two days. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. I'm glad that y'all came to listen. For all of you that are listening, I hope you join us next time. Thank you. For coming to the very first episode of Finding Home. And I f- hope you found some something somebody to call home. Yeah. That sucked. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>